I think some of the choir's been holding out on us. <clears throat> Thank you for being here this morning, being part of our uh, New Year's Day <clears throat> service. Uh, it's always good to be in the house of the Lord anytime. They say whatever you do on the first of the year, you'll do the rest of the year. So hopefully we'll take up the practice of uh, being in the house of the Lord. Amen. Sad that our pastor and his family is sick today, and our youth director, sorry, he's sick too. I've tried to stay away from it as much as possibly can, and so uh, we'll get through our day. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Haggai. If you have a problem with that, go to the book of Genesis and turn about 37 books over in the Old Testament and you'll find it there. Or if you would like to go to the Gospel of Matthew and turn back through the uh, Malachi and Zechariah and then uh, Haggai that is there. This message came about in a strange-like way, I guess you would say, uh, as I was listening to a man by the name of Gene MacDonald. And if you've not listened to that man sing, How Big Is God? I think you need to pull that up on the YouTube sometime and maybe just listen to him as he sings. Um, and a couple of lines in that talks about uh, he's big enough to rule the universe, uh, but yet he's small enough to live in my heart, uh, to which I'm grateful for that. Many sermons, not many sermons ever come out of the book of Haggai, but we'll try to do one today. Haggai, one of the four prophets of the day, uh, that uh, was going to return to Jerusalem after the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And you'll notice there in Haggai chapter number 1, verse number 5, it says, Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts. Underline that if you're accustomed to underline it in your Bible, especially the word host. And anytime you see the word L, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, you realize that, that has to do with the word Yahweh. And the word host there simply means the Almighty God. So when you look at the vastness of our world, when you look at the big things and the small things, and you ask yourself that question, how big is God? When I ask that question, don't think for a moment uh, that I'm going to try to answer that question for you in this message. Uh, the question is unanswerable. Uh, is, he is unmeasurable. He is infinite. He's limitless. Uh, and uh, when you speak about the peace of God, uh, you can read in Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 7, where it says there, His peace passes all understanding. And it says, Shall keep your hearts and minds uh, uh, through Christ Jesus. Uh, and then when you speak about the love of God, uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter number 3, uh, there in verse number 19, uh, it talks about the love of God is past knowing, uh, that your mind might be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, 
So God loves us with a fullness of love uh, that we might love one another and that we might love Him uh, as, as ourselves here. And then in Romans chapter number 11, Paul talks about the depths of the riches, uh, both of His wisdom and knowledge of God, and how unsearchable are His judgments and, and His ways past finding out. Uh, so this morning, for just a brief moment of time... Uh, uh, I'm going to share three things with you uh, concerning uh, this Lord of hosts or this Almighty God. How big is God? First of all, He's the Lord of heaven. Write that down maybe somewhere in your notes. Uh, he is the Lord of the heavens. Um, notice there in Haggai chapter number 2, there in verse number 6, uh, for thus saith the Lord of hosts. There again is that word host, which is the Almighty God. Yet once uh, it is a little while, uh, and I will shake the heavens, the earth, uh, and the sea, and the dry land. So He's the Lord of the heaven. He's the Lord of the earth. He's the Lord of the sea. And He's the Lord of the universe. Why is it that we can say that? Well, number one, He created the universe. Are you glad that God simply said in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He stepped out from somewhere and stepped on to nothing and made everything in a moment of time. I mean, we've got those six days there and then on the seventh day He rested Psalms 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, God spoke, and it was so. What a great God we serve today. Amen? Amen. Greater than anything we can even compare uh, Him to this morning. Not only does it, did He create the universe, but He controls the universe. Now I want you to think with me just for a moment. The space program has sent out some space vessels uh, that have sent back some vessels uh, or some pictures uh, of things that just simply blows our mind. A lot of the things we thought we knew, we don't know, and they're still searching for some things that, that are out there. Uh, uh, a little solar system like ours. Uh, I think I'm correct in fixing to make what the statement that I'm making. Nine planets in our solar system. Is that right? We got any people here to understand that? Oh, okay. Nine planets. Can you name them? Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So we're just a tiny little speck in the corner of our universe. Uh, and then out there some 93 million miles away, there is what is known as the sun. But the earth is small compared to some of these other planets. Did you know that Jupiter is 1,300 times bigger than the earth? Think about that. Then look at the Milky Way and all those billions of stars that are out there. And so it's so big that it's 300 million miles across the Milky Way itself. It's going to get better. Just, just stay with me. We're going somewhere. <laughs> and then there's another galaxy out there. I hope I can pronounce this right. 
I pulled it up on my phone, and this is what it said. Adronoma duh. Adronoma duh. That's right, isn't it? <clears throat> you know how far it is? It's blew my mind. Hold on to your hats now. It's one and a half million light years away. That's how big the universe is. Now you're saying, what's a light year? Well, a light year is how fast light travels at 186,000 miles a second. Now that's fast. Uh, If you were to light a candle, and that candle could go around the earth... uh, and back uh, at the speed of 186,000 miles per second, uh, you could light the candle right here, and it'd go around the earth and get back to you before you could blow it out. That's fast. That's fast. Then we have the small things. Where it talks about the very hairs of our head are numbered. And he doesn't have a problem with some. (laughs) A sparrow cannot fall to the ground. That he's not aware that that sparrow falls to the ground. Not even a blade of grass can move out there with the wind unless God permits the, the wind to blow up on the grass and watch it move. And I was, I was just out there in the yard uh, and uh, I was thinking about that uh, and the wind was blowing and I said, God, you're causing that to happen. I remember several years ago now, uh, God taught me a lesson about the sparrow and how that He feeds them. And I was down in Gainesville, Georgia, and a truck came around loaded with corn. And as it made the curve there and hit a little dip, it dumped out a big load of corn right there. And just a few moments, uh, there was a gang of sparrows just flew in there. And I said to myself, God, uh, you had a farmer together that out yonder in Iowa. You put it on a boat, sent it down the Mississippi River. Uh, you put it on a truck and you hauled it up here to Gainesville, Georgia. And you had this truck to dump out a, a, a wheelbarrow load here because you knew some birds was going to need feed. Thank God, don't you believe God can take care of us? Amen. Amen. Get excited about this thing. Not only does He control the universe and He created it, but He consummates the universe. Look again at Haggai 2.6. Thus saith the Lord Almighty, yet once in a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Elvis Presley wasn't the first one that had a whole lot of shaking going on. All the things that we depend upon. All the things that we use. They're moving in a certain order. All these things are going to be shaken one of these days. Why why is He shaking this? Well, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 25 through verse number 27, God says, 
See that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. And this word yet once more signify the removing of those things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Do you know what he's saying? The things that we count on. Our health. This has been a terrible year for me. And it looks like it's going to be another terrible year for me. Um, I did get some re reports back and I'll, I can't say the long name. I, you know the doctor gives you this long name and you don't know what it means. And he gave me this long name and I said, now you tell me what that means. And he said, just look up MAC. So if you want to know, look up AMAC. One of these days, God's going to shake the earth. He shakes our health. You know, it's all right when it's somebody else. But when it's you, it's a different story, isn't it? You ever had your bank account shake, shaken? That's not good, is it? I mean, when you spend out more than you got coming in, you're headed for a downfall. No doubt about that. Your citizenship could be shaken. Do you have anything that can't be shaken? One of these days God's going to shake the earth. He's already started in some ways. And all those things that cannot be shaken will remain. So God's going to get our attention. And He's already getting our attention. And I'll share that with you here just in a moment. Uh, when God wants to get the attention, how does He do it? As far as the universe is concerned, <clears throat> He sends an earthquake. <clears throat> Remember when a man was up on the mountain and... Uh, he was going to write down the commands that God was going to give unto him. And he wrote ten of those commands down on stone. And he said when he wrote them down, that he sent an earthquake to shake the earth. And then we know the story of how he came off of the mountain and the people were already worshiping a golden calf. When Jesus died on the cross... And he was crying out to the Father in those last moments. What did God do at that moment of time? He sent an earthquake. And then after he had spent his time there in the grave, and when Jesus rose from the dead, when he got up from the dead, the Bible says, and there was a great earthquake. And then on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit of God, it says, and he sent an earthquake upon the earth. You say, well, why is it God sending earthquakes today? Well, 
He's shaking things up. One of these days, he's going to come to the Mount of Olives. When he comes to the Mount of Olives, it says in his feet, he's going to touch down on the Mount of Olives. And it says, and there's going to be a great earthquake. And it says part of the mountain's going to go this way. And part of the mountain's going to go this way. And there's going to be a great valley down through there. And they were going to build a big motel over there some years ago. And they went out there and they began to try to find out if the earth was stable enough uh, uh, to build that motel or hotel upon. And they said, you can't do it. There's a crack already down through the middle of it. When did God do that? He knew His Son was going to come. And he knew he was going to put his feet up on that mountain. He said, and I'm going to hip him out a little bit. He said, when he puts his feet down there, I've already got a crack in it. And it's just going to go apart. And it's going to be a great valley come down through there. Are we got anywhere yet? <laughs> Earthquakes are God's alarm clock. It's God's way of saying, pay attention. Do you know what causes earthquakes? <clears throat> the scientists say is that the slowing down of the earth, and I read and I jotted it down, it says it's slowing down at the rate of one thousandth of a second per day. I had noticed, have you? Then they're saying the wobbling of the earth. The wobbling of the earth from the North Pole to the South Pole. Also, and they say in accordance to how, how big the wobble is will be in accordance to how big the earthquake is. And I read sometimes it goes a wobble up to 15 feet. Now, how long's that pew there, Tommy? Fifteen foot? <clears throat> that ain't much in that pew right there, fifteen foot. But fifteen foot in the wobble makes things kind of get out of hand. And you say, <clears throat> we're stable in the earth. Oh, no, we're not. He's going to shake everything that cannot be shaken. And not only that, but He's the Lord of the harvest. Notice what he says there in Haggai chapter number 1, verse number 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts. There's that word again. Thus saith the Lord Almighty. Consider your ways. Now he talks about the harvest here in verses 6 and 7. <coughs> Haggai chapter 1. <clears throat> you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's no warm. And he that earneth wages earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Sounds like me. Thus saith the Lord, there again, the Lord of hosts, Almighty God, consider your ways. Now what had happened to these people? 
God has blessed them. But now they're in a fix. What's wrong with America? Has God blessed us? But we're in a fix. Sounds familiar. Haggai 1.10 says, Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from the dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. Now why did God do this? Why is God changing the weather? <laughs> Just last night. <clears throat> I don't know where you're at, but it said global warming is causing the polar bear to not to produce young. Come on the news last night and said there's more polar bears today than there's ever been in the history of mankind. <laughs> I'm just quoting what they said. Why did he send freezing temperatures all over the United States just the other day? It was one degree at the house. And I walked down to my shed late, yes, late yesterday evening, and here come a moth flying out. He survived that somehow or another. And I'll guarantee you the mosquitoes will be out too. They don't get froze out. Seems like the generous land that we have enjoyed has kind of become soured. We don't want to believe it. God did what He did in Haggai's day because... The people had forgotten him. Now, the other day I was here by myself. Nobody was around. I like it like that. Works real good. I got to thinking about something. I got to thinking about a great miracle that was in the New Testament. <clears throat> Peter, who had denied the Lord... Well, bitterly. And then he says, i tell you what I'm going to do, guys. He says, I'm going back to fishing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go back to fishing. And they said, well, if you're going back fishing, we're going with you. I, I like to fish now. He said, we're just going to go with you. And the next morning, they were getting their net up, and they were gathering everything up, and Jesus comes walking by there, and he says, uh, caught any fish? Peter says, Lord, we've toiled all night. And we caught a few. No, that ain't what he said, but he said, We've toiled all night, and we've labored all night. And we ain't caught a thing. Why? Because God saw to it that when the fish was swimming, and here comes Peter's net. He speaks to the brain of that fish and says, you go left or you go right. You can't go into that net because uh, if you get into that net, they're going to catch fish. Uh, so he calls the fish to go this way and he calls the fish to go that way. I mean, think about that. Here come. I think that happens to me sometimes when I'm out fishing. I throw my plug over there and the Lord says, don't go after that. Ain't good. Then the Lord Jesus said unto them, 
let down your net again. Well, we just got them up. We're drying them out. Let down your net again. And they let down their net again. And God got in the fish's brain again. And it filled the nets to the capacity. It said that the nets began to break. And they called for their partners. How come did they catch fish? They got their hearts and rights, minds right with God. And God filled their net. And if a church is today will get their hearts and minds right with God, we can see the churches filled again. We can see people come to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Sure we can. They were operating under God's command. And it worked. And so there's the law of the harvest. There's the miracle of the fish that didn't get in the net. And then there's a miracle of the fish that did get in the net. You see, a miracle can't handle blessings. When a miracle stops getting blessed, they backslide on God. And that's where we're at today. Not only is He the Lord of the harvest, but He's the Lord of history. And one day He's going to shake everything. He causes, us, he causes us to prosper or not to prosper. He's got everything in control. God says, I've got a plan. And whether the nations will cooperate or not with a plan will depend upon them. It's up to them. God says, one day, I'm going to build my house. One day, I'm going to sit on the throne of David and I'm going to rule and reign. One day, uh, we're going to be able to praise Him with a perfect body, uh, with perfect lips, uh, and I'll be able to sing in that day uh, and be able to rejoice in the Lord. And you will too. God's work is never stopped because of lack of of resources. It may be stopped because of lack of faith. It may be stopped because of lack of sacrifice. But God's work is never stopped because of lack of resources. Remember one day there were 5,000 that was needing feeding? Disciples went out there and began to look around to find some food and said, every bit of money we got in the treasure says, you can't buy enough food for that bunch. One fellow said, Lord says, we've we found this little lad here. He's got a few loaves and a few fish. But what is that with so many people that we've got? Well, the God of the universe said, uh, bring them to me. Boy, can't you see that? He brought that little boy's sack lunch. Those couple of fish. And he blessed it. And he said unto them backslid disciples. He said, they'll hand it out to everybody. Now, I read an article. This came out. It's on the YouTube thing. I mean, it's on the, on, on the Internet. 
the reason that Jesus fed the 5,000. He knew that was going to happen. They were near a cave somewhere. So in the, in, before time, Jesus got the bakeries around there to bake up all this food and cook up all this fish. And they stored it in this cave. And Jesus stood at the mouth of the cave and blessed the cave and just reached in there and just kept on dragging it out until everybody was fed. I said, baloney. What the, that's what the world said. Same God who took that little boy's lunch and fed the 5,000 can feed us again. Look in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. Jesus says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of... You see that word again? Lord of hosts, Almighty. So all the silver, all the gold belongs to God. And He's willing to share it when they get right with God. I had never seen gold until Mary and I went on our anniversary trip up to Alaska. And they took us by this gold place. And they gave us all a little bag of gold. And then they gave us a pan and they said, you go out there and you put that dirt in that pan and you slosh it around. And you slosh it around and says, all the gold is heavier than the soil. And all the gold will go to the bottom. And slosh it around, slosh it around. That fellow walked over and he said, look what you got. I said, what have I got? He says, you got gold. I kept on sloshing. And in 10 minutes, I'd made $68. I said, if I stayed up here all day long, just look what I could do. He put it in a little bottle. I brought it home. I got it put up, and I'm going to share my fortune with my family. <laughs> you know, we get the idea sometimes that God doesn't know what He's doing. Oh, He's up there, got His hands behind Him. He's pacing up and down. He's shaking His head. Oh, what am I going to do with that bunch down there? Oh, what am I going to do? I just don't know what I'm going to... Listen. God is not pacing up down. You mark it down. God knows exactly what He's going to do. Because He's the God who created the heavens. He's the God of the history. And so, I realize here, God knows what He's going to do. The world's answer is not in OPEC. The world's answer is not in Washington, D.C. The world's answer is not in the European common market. The world's answer is not in China. God is God, and He's marching on, and we suffer the consequences if we sin. Now, I've said all of this. 
to bring you here. And I'm going to close with this verse here. 2 Peter chapter number 3. Begin reading in verse number 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, or all these things shall be shaken. Got it? What manner of person are you to be in all your holy conversations and in your godliness? In other words, uh, seeing these things are going to be dissolved, are going to be shaken up, what manner of person should you be in your everyday conversation and in your godliness, your manner of life? Verse 12, looking for and hastening on the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, nevertheless, because of what I've just read to you, we, according to His promises, look at that. You look for a new Cadillac or a new Mercedes, a new house, new couch, new bedroom suit. No. We look for what? He made the first heaven, and so what's He going to do again? He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Let's stand. Father, we're grateful this morning. That you're a God who understands. How big is God? You're so big you can rule the world, the universe. But yet, God, you're so small. You can live in my heart. And you give me directions for my life. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the promises of the Word of God. And Lord, I do pray for those that are here today. Lord, if they're not ready to meet this God that I know, I pray today would be the day that they'd make things right with you. Thank you for saving a rich like me. Now, Lord, I pray today as they say that you'll prick the hearts of thy people. Help them to understand all these things I do pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. 
We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.